Father, and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we live in a society, we live in a country, or just basically in a world where everything is based on performance. And we believe that performance drives success, it drives worth. And the more that a person performs, then that person is worth more. And the more that a person performs, then they are actually not only worth more, but they are successful. Right? So the student who performs really well in school, they get the A. They're successful. They're worth something. The worker who performs at work gets the promotion. They're more worth, is what they think. They're more successful. The person who performs at the gym receives the best results. Right? They're, I'm worth more now because I've achieved this thing based on my performance. The athlete who performs gets the trophy. And the child who performs gets the affirmation from the parents. The parents who perform and their kids turn out the way that they think they should turn out, then they start to believe Then I performed well. I am a good parent. I'm successful. I am of good worth as a person. And so everything is based on performance. We're just faced with this, and that's the reality. And we usually want to perform well to make other people proud of us. Right? Either we want to make ourselves proud, we want to be personally uh, proud of our achievements, but also we want other people to be proud of us. We want people to think we're worth more. And that's why we really are driven by this performance. And the problem with this performance cycle is that um, we can, we are, the, the problem with it is that we start to take this into our relationship with Jesus. We start to take this relationship with, with this idea, this, this vicious cycle of performance with God. Because we're conditioned that everything's based on performance, it's based on worth, it's based on success, then the same thing with God. Because we're just conditioned this way. Right? We're just conditioned. And the problem, right, with this is that if I perform well, then God will be proud of me. He thinks I'm worth more because I performed really well for him. If I don't perform well for God, then I start to think, okay, well, he doesn't love me or he just thinks I'm worth less. I haven't been successful because I didn't perform for God. I said I was going to stop committing this sin and I'm going to stop doing this and here I am again. I just didn't perform well. Right? Or if I perform well, then God will perform for me. He'll give me what I'm praying for. He'll give me that special intention for my marriage and for my children and all these things if, if I perform well. And if I don't perform well, then God is not going to perform for me. He's not going to give me what I'm asking for. So just this vicious cycle of performance, it's completely exhausting, and it just never ends. And also the problem with this is that God is not like that. God is not looking for our performance. Really, in reality, God doesn't love us for what we do and how we perform. God loves us for who we are. just want to repeat that. That's important. That is actually, if we take this into our new year, that's gold. That's better than any trophy or performance or promotion, right? God does not love me more because of what I do. He loves me for who I am. That's who God is. If Jesus doesn't want our performance, then, then what does he want? What is God looking for then? We are conditioned again that I got to perform. As we were kids, maybe some of us heard, okay, well, God's going to be mad at you. You, you did this wrong and God's going to be mad at you. And so... What does he want then? The only thing that God wants from us is our loyalty. He just wants loyalty. He wants us to be loyal to confession. Just keep coming back to confession. He wants me to come back to confession. My performance is not good enough. I didn't perform well. He wants me to be loyal 
to the sacrament of confession which cleanses me of my sins and gives me the power to do better, stripping me of that self-reliance. He wants our loyalty to say, okay, well, I don't feel like, God, you're performing for me. I, I prayed and this thing did not happen. And so I really just, I, I, I don't know if I want to come back to Mass. Or I just don't know if I want to continue with my prayers. He just wants us to be loyal, to continue to come back to him, no matter what the circumstances are. He just desires this loyalty from us. And there's this thing we could sit here, right? You could say, well, Father, we're, we're here, right? We're loyal. Yes, we're loyal. But he just desires more of that on a day-to-day basis. How we look at ourselves and our performance, and whether he does something or does not do something, if he doesn't perform for us, that he's still God no matter what. And he still loves us, and he still says, you have worth. No ifs, ands, or buts about that. The Nazareans, the people from Nazareth in today's gospel, they were not loyal to Jesus. They lacked loyalty to Christ. The people uh, Jesus grew up with. Nazareth is where Jesus grew up as a little child. He's from Nazareth. And so he comes back to visit Nazareth now as an adult. He's been gone. He's been doing public ministry for three years. He's been gone. And so he comes back to Nazareth, and they're happy to see him. And now all of a sudden, what do they say? They say, we read in the gospel, do here in your native place the things we heard you did in Capernaum. Capernaum and Nazareth are about 40 miles away. So they heard all these amazing miracles that Jesus is doing in, in, in Capernaum. And they're like, okay, now perform for us. Do the miracles here. Do what we're asking of you. Come on, perform, do something. And what does he say? He says, no. He says, I'm not here to perform. I'm not a, a, a clown. I'm not your, your, your performer. I'm not here to perform. I'm here to tell you that I am a prophet. I am God. I am your savior. That's what I'm here for. And they're like, we don't, we don't want that. That's not what we're looking for. Our expectations are for you to perform for us how we want you to perform. And until you do that, then we'll believe you're God. But right now, that's, and he says, I'm not doing that. And what do they want to do? They want to, they want to kill him. They literally take him to the top of the hill and they want to push him down because they want to get rid of him. Why? It's because he didn't perform how they wanted him to perform. He didn't meet their expectations. So performance. The people of Nazareth, the Nazareans, were conditioned. Performance is good. We are performers is what they're saying. Here we are. We're your people. We're your friends. We grew up with you. We, we, we've been performing. So you should perform for us too. He's like, I don't need your performance. I need your loyalty. Rather than giving loyalty, they want to kill him. And so if we think about it, right, we are the small village. There's this inner village inside of all of us. And we sometimes, myself included, we want to do the same exact thing to Jesus. Jesus, you didn't perform for me. Or I didn't perform for you, so get out of my my inner village, which is inside of here. Just go. Right? We don't think about it. We don't physically say, at least I don't think, I don't think we verbally say to God, maybe we have, get out. I want to kill you. Get out of here. We may, th- we may not think that we're doing that, but any time in this inner village when we're saying to Jesus, somehow, someway, get out. You didn't meet my expectations. We could come out of this inner village when we silence him. I'm not going to talk to you anymore. I'm going to ignore you for weeks. 
I'm not going to say any prayers. You don't perform. You don't come through. You're silent. You're distant. We kick him out of this inner village when, again, he just doesn't, when we're so much filled with so much discouragement by our own performance, that we just say, like, you can't come near me. We don't realize that we're, that inner village is saying to God, there is no room here for you because I'm filled with discouragement. My performance didn't go very well. So it can go both ways. You didn't perform for me, God, or I didn't perform for you, so this inner village wants to have nothing to do with you. You can't come into this inner village. It's too dirty. It's disgusting. You don't know my past. You don't know what I've done. And so, Jesus, there's no room here for you. And I keep promising I'm going to change, but I just can't seem to change. So get out. Go. Yesterday we celebrated the Feast of the Epiphany, which is the baptism of Jesus. And so the next time we're tempted to believe that God doesn't love me or thinks I'm worth a little bit less because of my own performance, I didn't perform for you, Jesus. Or that Jesus is not performing for me, God's not performing for me because I'm not performing for him. He proves our worth. He proves his love for sinners when he's baptized. And we have to take a look at this. We've got to break this down a little bit more. Think about it. Why is Jesus baptized? Right? Why does Jesus get baptized? If we think about it, Jesus is baptized. He is the sinless son of God. He has no sin. John the Baptist is baptizing people in the Jordan River because they have sin. They're waiting in line, like we wait in line in the confession line. They're waiting in line to say what? Confess their sins. This is where I'm broken. This is where I need to change. This is where I've messed up. Here are my failures. Why is Jesus in that line? Why? And the reason he's in that line, rather than standing on the side and saying and looking at all the people that are in line and saying, get your act together, perform better. When are you going to pull it together? What does he do? He gets in the line with the people. And although he has no sin, he goes into the waters of the Jordan to be dunked into the water, to be baptized, and then coming out of the water of the Jordan, all the people who've gone to confession through this baptism of repentance, and what does he do? He leaves the water with all of their sins. And he carries all of those sins out of the water of baptism, although it didn't apply to him. All of our sins, all of the sins of the people who are confessing their sins, being baptized through this baptism of repentance, he carries them out of the water and he goes where? Directly to the cross. He's carrying those sins into the cro- uh, onto the cross. Out of the water and into the cross. That's why he's baptized. Showing sinners, I'm in line with you. I'm one with you. I'm not better than you. He's better than us, of course. I don't care about your performance. I want your heart. Don't make me perform for you, snapping your fingers at me, silencing me, kicking me out of your inner village. Because I haven't met your expectations. So Jesus is baptized again. He gets in line to be one with us. To show sinners, I'm one with you. I'm not a sinner, but I'm one with you. One last detail, detail that I think is very important about the baptism of Jesus, besides him being one with sinners, getting in line, being baptized, taking the sins out of the water of the Jordan and carrying them to the cross. The other important detail that I think that's really struck me as I was praying with this is that the Jordan River is connected to the Dead Sea. Anyone been to the Dead Sea in, in Israel? So some of you have gone. 
So the Dead Sea. So what is it about the Dead Sea? If you're familiar with the Dead Sea, that you float when you're in the Dead Sea. In this Jordan River, it's connected. So why does it float? Is because it's the lowest level on the earth, on the sea level. Right? It's, uh, the, the surface and shores of the Dead Sea are 427 meters below sea level, Earth's lowest elevation on land. It's the lowest place, literally. Now, if I, as I was, I was praying about this and I was thinking about it, I believe that Jesus wanted to go and be baptized in the Jordan River connected to the Dead Sea, this lowest place on Earth. He could have been baptized in any body of water. Why there? is because he wanted to be for us in our lowest points of our lives. To say, I know what you're going through. I know you're suffering. I know you're hurting. And I want to be there for you. And so today, believe it or not, no matter what we're dealing with in this inner village, he wants our loyalty. And so no matter what we think, this is where we have to separate our minds from God's mind. And when Jesus looks at each and every one of us today, right, he says, you're mine and I'm proud of you. Not because of what you've, how you performed, but because of who you are. Our worth does not depend on our performance. Our success does not depend on our performance. God's love for us does not depend on our performance. Again, he doesn't love us for who we are. He loves us for, he doesn't love us for who, what we do. He loves us for who we are. So brothers and sisters, let us remain loyal to Jesus always and keep this at the top of, in front of our brains as we enter into this new year, regardless of our performance or regardless if we think that he's not performing for us. Because when we have this mentality going to this new year, then we know who we are rather than what people expect from us. Amen?